Have you ever wanted to listen to a couple guys in their 20s go in-depth on your favorite movie, spanning from before they were born all the way to the modern day? And do you want to know once and for all which movie in a given genre spanning back the last 40-plus years reigns supreme? On this podcast, we review films from the decade, from each decade within a certain genre, and then compare them in a bracket-style challenge to see which film comes out on top and is declared champion. I'm joined by a couple of dudes who uh, definitely have seen one too many horror movies and know the rules to survive one. It's uh, Connor Jameson and Sam Majewski. How you guys doing? Hello. What's up, everyone? <sighs> so, today we are taking a look at the genre-defining slasher of the 1990s, Scream. If you haven't already been able to tell by the title of this podcast episode... <laughs> <sighs> what a great film! Um, yeah, you yeah. say uh, you say genre. Uh, I would say this is a genre saving movie. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Because uh, so this one came out in 1996. Guess how many Friday the Thirteenth movies have came out to this point? Eight, seven. Close nine. Oh, Jesus! How many Halloweens do you think? Uh, that one's like six. I'm say four or five. Yeah, it's six. six. Let's go. There were. I'm not gonna keep asking you guys, but there were seven Nightmare on Elm Streets, three Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and I want to say either three or four, depending on the release date. Hellraisers, all before That's a Scream. A lot of murder. A lot of murder, and more importantly, a lot of crap. Because after the first couple, they just became messes. Like direct, yeah, well, they all almost yeah, like direct to video, direct to video <laughs> releases. Very very poor, poorly reviewed, just schlock. So this movie came out in 1996, and said, "Uh uh-uh, uh, we're different. We're built different." Yep. And it saved the genre. That it did. Um, now, do you guys remember the first time that you saw this movie? Yes. Ye- yesterday? <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Earlier today. <laughs> no, I really haven't. I, this is um, Watching it yesterday was actually my first time seeing this movie. So... I don't know how you uh, you made it this far without seeing it, but I had seen it actually. I say that. I didn't see it until like a year ago anyways. So yeah, I saw this when I was like eight. Jesus. And that <laughs> explains a lot. Um, yeah, well. 
but like I, I got a goldfish brain so really i saw it like i saw it again brain? for the last time for the first time a year ago what does that even mean <laughs> it means i don't remember anything from like more than a couple weeks ago <sighs> god well before we can get reviewing for this movie first we got to talk about a couple things so i'm going to bring you through some of the production notes some of the box office numbers so this movie was released December 20th, 1996, with a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes, which is actually really long for mm-hmm. a, uh, a slasher horror movie. Um, and about as long as a really terrible horror movie that came out this year that we'll talk about next week on the podcast. <laughs> it wouldn't have happened Spoilers. to come out today, would it? Have? Literally the day of r- that we're recording this, so it's fresh in my mind. Uh, technically, it came um, out last yesterday, but... well. Today was the official release day. Anyways, uh, with a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes, uh, it was directed by Wes Craven, who did The Hills Have Eyes and a little series called Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, no one cares about that one. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was produced by Kathy Conrad, who produced the entirety of the Scream series, and also 310 to Yuma, which is a fantastic Western movie, and Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash film. Um, And then also... Uh, was produced by Carrie Woods, who did Swingers and Rudy, the two highest-rated films that I could find that were produced by Mr. Carrie, um, and written by Kevin Williamson, who also writ- wrote Scream 2 through 4 and I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, pretty, pretty neat stuff. Kind of like a lot of horror veterans worked together on this, and it showed. Mm-hmm. Um this movie starred uh, Nev Campbell, ne- Jesus Christ, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Ski Ulrich, Drew Barrymore, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, and Jamie Kennedy. Uh, and for the box office numbers, it had a budget of fourteen million dollars, made six point three on opening weekend, and worldwide grossed one hundred and seventy three million dollars. So it's safe to say that people liked the film. Not too shabby. Yeah, actually pretty decent. Um, Sam, you want to bring us through some of the Rotten Tomatoes uh, metrics? Yeah. Um, we'll start off with the um, tomato meter. So the tomato meter. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie was rated a 79% on the tomato meter. Really? And pretty good. This is, this is something... That seems low. That seems really it low for me. Low. I'm amazed. Yeah. And this is something you don't see very often, but can you guys guess what the uh, audience score was? Is it another 79? It is 79%. I'm shocked. I <laughs> honestly thought it was going to be like an 80s. What was the what was the last one we saw that was uh both critics and fans agreed was just Was it um Fast Times? Oh, I don't remember. I can't remember. I don't even remember. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, just goldfish brain. We talked <laughs> about it, and we don't remember it. <laughs> well, hot damn. But yeah, um, both the, the tomato, Rotten Tomatoes and the audience agreed on, exactly on this one. So, 79%. Wow. Everyone thinks it's a good movie. <laughs> um, Solid film. But going, th- <laughs> going through reviews, some people obviously don't agree with that. Um, okay. I'll go over a good review first. 
So this let's, is let's hear it. This is Sohaib Z. Um, nice, good name. Yeah, solid. <laughs> uh, classic. Ten, ten, no notes. <laughs> All right, so this review says, really brought back slashers in a big way, renewing and refreshing the genre for a whole new generation and the cast. I think we were just talking yeah. about bringing back yeah, I, refreshing. I feel like, yeah, I feel like like everyone's going to like like agree that this movie is what renewed the slasher because it was bad <laughs> before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he gave uh, it a scream. five out of five stars. Wow. Um, and Impressive. This, yeah, this review comes from hear Daniel C. And Daniel had to say, this is such a cheesy movie, I can barely get past the beginning. It was so lame. A slasher movie that's, that's so easily... Uh, he misspelled this, but anyways. Um, so easily <laughs> put together. <laughs> you know what's... You know who's doing what? It's not hard to figure out. A mortal person doing the killings is not scary. This movie is boring, and I give it a one and a half out of five. That's the best I can do. It's almost like someone didn't pay attention to the movie at I, all. Yeah, I feel like that whole thing is just wrong. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, buddy, Daniel, that's the point. Yeah, right. Also, like, that cold open is amazing. How can yeah. you how not do you, like How it? do you, like, tune out to that? Oh, it was just so boring. I just knew what happened already. Also, by the way, I've seen it 37 times, so I knew what happened already. Dude. And, like, going through all these uh, these, uh, reviews, a lot of them really enjoyed the funny, like, scary, I guess, vibe. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a movie that, like, it knows what it is. Like, it's a movie that knows horror movies exist. It knows what what they're all about and it plays to that like there was a couple moments like I, I, and i'll get to it later on but there was like there was one moment where i literally like straight up laughed out loud while i was watching it alone because it was just like you don't expect to see something like that in like a slasher movie yeah yeah you know like i wouldn't expect to just like laugh at at jason in in a friday the 13th film well i might laugh at him but not in a good way like like when he just falls off a chair like yeah look at look at that little idiot or when or when uh mark falls down the stairs with his wheelchair oh my god (laughs) (laughs) don't even get me started fucking mark oh man (sighs) wow if you uh don't know what we're talking about go listen to our last week's review where we did friday part two and uh, you'll find out about the greatest death in cinematic history. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <sighs> so that would do it for the reviews. Um, there's a lot of positive reviews, you know. But Good. yeah, I'm I sure just, it wasn't easy uh, finding uh, a negative one. <laughs> I know. It's literally five star, five star, four star, five star, five star, one star, <laughs> and then Jesus. five star. It's not as bad as the Top Gun is a snooze fest, but oh jeez. Uh, that one yeah, that might be one up there is where you just completely miss the mark yeah. yeah it's like hey buddy you don't get it did you walk into the wrong theater it's like this is supposed to be a scary movie but why is ryan reynolds here i was just gonna say it's like yeah i i was watching scream and all of a sudden damon wayans is like talking <laughs> to- <laughs> 
Why is he on the phone with some dude? I think it was actually about getting high. Wins, I'm sorry. Nice. One of the Wayans. Very funny. Nice. Get out of their Wayans. Um, all right. Are we you ready to go into the... <laughs> I know. I don't want to keep distracting us, but did you know that this movie was actually originally called Scary Movie? Yes, I did. Oh, was see it really? That. I did yeah. See that. yeah. And then they changed it because... Oh. Uh, Honestly, Scream's so much better of a, yeah, of a horror movie yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, Sam, we got some trivia to go over, don't we? I got a couple things of trivia. Yeah, Come let's hear it. Um, uh, one part in the movie, um, the party scene at the end of the movie, um, the, it was literally the last like 40 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually took 21 days Jesus. to film. <laughs> And oh my! And obviously they filmed it at night, so it was literally from sundown to sunrise for 21 days straight. Jesus Christ, that sounds um, terrible. That was bad enough that the entire um, the cast made T-shirts that said "I survived scene 118," which was the scene. <laughs> which was the scene. <laughs> Amazing. That's funny. <laughs> and that another really little uh, general tidbit is um, that the use for caller ID increased more than threefold after the film was actually released i wonder hmm. why <laughs> it's interesting though like you see the real life implications of, of like in all honesty what is a a good but a dumb a dumb scary movie like mm-hmm. people are like oh shit like i might actually want caller id because you never know there might be a dude trying to kill me it's like all right but also interesting i mean just look at Stu and billy yeah i mean it's Bap, 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 bap. We'll get there. Spoilers! We'll get there. Even though Jeez. we're going to spoil this whole movie, but yes, can't do it now. <laughs> I think we're ready. All Unless right. you have, well, did you we have, have any hit... more? Oh, no, that was yes. good. Um, okay. All right. That's all I had. Well, we have hit the point of no return, and we're ready to go into this film. Full spoilers and all. So if you don't want to listen to the spoilers, too bad. Watch um, the movie, so, come back. Yeah, watch the pause this, go watch the entirety of the film. Two come hours, back, all of it. And we'll bring you through it and talk about it scene by scene, moment by moment. Line Let's by go, line. Connor. Are you ready? <sighs> Baby, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So, this movie. We're going to watch the trailer first. Oh, yes. <laughs> we need to watch the trailer first. See, I'm the one that almost forgot it last ah! week. <laughs> <laughs> rewind <laughs> we're not ready yet <laughs> let's watch the trailer so we'll give you a minute to pull up the trailer um this one is on youtube it's two minutes and four seconds long if you're gonna watch along with us if not you can listen along you'll hear the audio um and are you guys ready to press play i am ready yes. all right we'll press play in three two one go Hello? Hello? Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. 
playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. under any circumstances say i'll be right back because you won't be back get another beer you want one yeah sure i'll be right back who did he make the rules the police are always on track if they watch palm night and save time he just kills by them don't answer the phone don't open the door don't try to hide Set the tone immediately. Yeah, it's it honestly did a good job showing off the film and not like giving anything away. And I like I like how it was like perfectly meta in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Also, so nineties, you would never be able to make a trailer like that today, simply for the fact that like in the trailer, Nev Campbell's taking her shirt off. Mm-hmm. Like no way you could do that in t- uh, today's era, but in the '90s, perfectly fine. Well, you know, I mean, they did cut to Tatum when it said a big-breasted. Uh... Yeah, literally. <laughs> but you know what? It is funny that Neff Campbell does take her shirt off in this because uh, she was in Wild Things two years later in that one. Very steamy. Mm. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) Well, well, well. Now that we've seen the trailer, we are now officially at the point of no return, and we're ready to go through this movie moment by moment and uh, and talk about it, review it, do all the the fun, spooky things that we're ready to do. Connor, are you ready to take us through this movie? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I need a I need a sound for that for (laughs) to start this. Like (laughs) I can just soundboard up. Nice little whip. So, I don't know about that one. This movie opens up with the phone ringing and a scream. And a scream. When scream pops up, um, yeah, phone rings and we're introduced to Drew Barrymore's character, Casey Becker. Uh, the person on the other line of the phone, he's like, "Oh, hey, is do I have the right number?" She's like, "No," and hangs up. Calls calls back immediately, uh, and he's like, well, I think I still have the wrong number. And she's like, yeah, you still do. Hangs up again. And this kind of goes back and forth for a little bit. He calls her six times within this opening sequence. I didn't realize it was six times. I kept track because I wanted to point out, why would you answer the phone that many times when you have a pretty good idea of who's on the other end. Yeah. Or you don't, like, know who's on the other end, but you know this person is uh, 
not above board. Um, so there, I think it's like the third time she picks up the phone. She actually starts like talking to him. Um, he asks her like, what's her favorite scary movie? She says Halloween. Remember that. Come back later. Hmm. Um, and in probably one of the first meta lines of the movie, uh, Casey brings up Nightmare on Elm Street, which, oh. as you pointed out, directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, it's just some something that he did. Was L- a small indie project, some would yeah. say. Um, but it, it is, didn't really amount to much. It is funny <laughs> that when she was saying like, "Oh yeah, the first the first one was scary." The rest sucked. <laughs> this is fairly true. Very good. <laughs> Grade A awareness. Yeah. I feel like Wes, too, he was probably like, look, I know they're bad. You don't have to tell me they're bad. I know. Well, like, two years before this came out, he made uh, The Final Nightmare, where th- that one might be the most meta movie ever. <laughs> um. So he, he dipped his toe. I think I think it was a pretty good success, and then he was like, "Yeah, we'll do it again." Um, yeah, so she, they were talking about movies, and he starts getting very, very creepy with her. Says so like, "Oh, like I can see you right now." Um, she appropriately starts freaking out. Yep. Um. Uh, where are we? So. He then, uh, sorry, I, I lost my place in my notes. Um, You're fine. So he starts like toying with her. He's like, "Oh, like where are like where am I? Where are you? All this stuff." And uh, he starts getting even more aggressive, saying like, "Oh, he wants to gut her and all this stuff," and. We are introduced to Casey's boyfriend in a pretty good way, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Killer rings the doorbell, the front doorbell. She's like, oh, who's there? Who's there crying? Because, like, he, she's appropriately freaked out. Yeah. He's on the other line of the phone. He's like, never say, like, who's there? You might as well just walk out. And in the background, because she has a nice big house, so you can, and uh, a back patio that's just all window, you can see her boyfriend strapped to a chair, sitting in the dark. I wanted to mention that. Yeah. I wanted to mention that before. Like, I'd never noticed it, and then I I saw it on this view. It's like, oh shit, like, before they even, like, mention that he's a character, you can see that there's someone in the background sitting in the chair. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's actually just a really good setup because it's not just like he appeared like, like, oh, turn on the lights and there he is. Like, they actually like kind of show it a little bit. Like, if you have a keen eye, you can actually see it. I think that was smart. Mm-hmm. It, you also kind of get the first hint that maybe there's more than one person involved because, again, yeah. she lives in a big house. Someone rang her front doorbell while another person was bringing her boyfriend there to the back. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, he asks. He wants to play a game with her. Uh, horror movie trivia. 
something I would love. Not in this circumstance, but <laughs> at a bar, sign me up. Uh, and he makes it clear, like, if she gets a question wrong, they're going to kill her boyfriend, Steve. So he gives her the bonus warm-up question, like, oh, who was a killer in Halloween? Since she said it was her favorite movie, she says Michael Myers. Next question. Who was the killer in Friday the 13th? She says Jason Voorhees, which if you had listened to our last episode, you would know it's not the case. He was not the killer in the original Friday. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for Steve, uh, he gets killed. Gutted right there. Which, first time I saw it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because I'm pr- the way when you hear the sound effects of him getting like stabbed and like sliced and all that, while the lights are it on, happens so fast, yeah, so fast, and I feel like you would he can't do that from the back. I would think you would have no. to be in front of him and doing it. Which how would she not see that? How would he not be there? Like in the shot at least. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Uh, an entire generation also learned at that very moment uh, that they can win Friday the 13th trivia. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so then uh, a chair goes flying through her that uh, window door, and we are off. Uh, she was running. Oh, all, Also, while this is happening, she was making popcorn before, which she never took off the stove. So yeah, so it's like properly on fire now. It's on because pro- I thought it was like a good little atmospheric tone to have it like smoky. Um, but anyway, she sees a killer running through her house in a very goofy way, I might add. Um, <laughs> so she slips out a different back door because once again, her house is huge. All the houses are huge in this movie. That's one that yeah. I had down. Is like, there's some pretty damn good, nice houses. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone's rich. Yeah. Uh, so she sees like her parents are driving home, uh, and she's like trying to slip past the window, but for whatever reason, she pokes her head up. Ghost face is there, attacks her through the window. She manages to fight him off a little bit to get around. But then another ghost face tackles her down right before she's able to call out for her parents. Um, she gets stabbed in a very, I would say it's pretty iconic, like the slow-mo uh, yep. of her running but gets caught. Uh, she's able to, again, fight them off right as her parents are like about to... Like, open the door, she kind of pops out from the corner, but since she was stabbed, she's very weak, can't call out. So they walk into the house, not noticing her. And then she gets strangled for a little bit, stabbed. And all this, like, her parents are, like, seeing all the, like, destruction inside. They're like, oh, where is she? So they go to call 911, and I wanted to note this, too, because... I don't know if you guys had landlines growing up, but it was good to see that, like, if you don't hang up the phone, 
Yeah, if you, you hear, pick up a landline, you, you can still hear, hear the on. conversation because they hear yeah. her like her dying breaths as she's being dragged away. So the the mom goes outside because she's gonna go get in the car. What does she see? Casey Becker, Becker, dead, hanging from a tree, gutted. Um, I just want to point out how, and I know like it's iconic now, but the fact that they got an A-list, like big name celebrity to come in and play the first person to get murdered mm-hmm. in a cold open of a horror movie is insane and has a t- that takes a lot of balls. And I read that Drew Barrymore like initially auditioned for um, Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. uh, but then she was like, "No, I actually want to play Casey Becker. I want to do this." Yeah, and she was like, "Okay, we're gonna kill off Drew Barrymore in <laughs> the first ten minutes of the movie." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very intense opening yep. montage. I'm glad that the only thing I didn't like about it was the fact that it was like the whole like can't call for the parents thing. I think I th- you talk about like horror cliches that I hate. I hate that. You like it happened in this one. You, if you go back to Halloween two, like same thing with Laurie Strode trying to call for Loomis at the hospital. And she can't do it. It's like it's so stupid. Oh, I hate it so much. Yeah. At least in Casey's defense, she was just stabbed in the chest. It makes yeah, a bit but... more sense. I mean, I guess Lori was drugged up, but anywho. But like, even if you can't, like, scream, like, hit something. Like, slam your foot. Like, she's right there on the porch. Mm-hmm. Also, also, gotta be the most tunnel-visioned parents. Like, I would have noticed if I saw a bunch of moving from my fucking left side. Yeah. Well, can't all have twenty-twenty vision like you, man. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so also extra points for that screaming mom. Oh yeah, and <laughs> she put all of it into it. <laughs> extra yeah. points to Drew Barrymore holding on to that phone while she's dead and dragging and getting dragged away. Oh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Racking up those minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after that chilling montage or opening scene, we are introduced to Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell. Amazing uh, actress. Dude. Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> oh <boy>. Uh-oh. <laughs> she is what? She is very beautiful in this movie. Everyone Fair. is. I wanted to point it out though. Um so she's we're introduced to Sydney, our protagonist. Uh she's in her room. Um she hears some noise coming from outside her window, so she goes and look. And boom, jump scare boyfriend. Uh, and now boom. her boyfriend, played by Skeet Ulbricht, is Billy Loomis. Um, I, I wonder how long it takes Billy to do his hair in the morning. No time at all, I would say. I think he just wakes up. I don't know. It looks like he gels it and he has, he perpetually has those two, like the, it reminds me of like the, um, oh God, um, I don't know. It's like that '90s stereotypical, like like the two strands of hair hanging down, mm-hmm. but the middle part. Should... Yeah, it either reminds me of like Brendan Fraser, like the '90s Brendan Fraser. No, I see it like the Mummy. Yeah, yeah. It's like I. It definitely takes him like at least 
15 minutes to do his hair. No, it either takes him an hour or like he just wakes up like that. No, in Wait, I, I literally think That's he just fair. wakes up, showers, doesn't even try it off, and just one quick comb. Like, yeah, We're man, good. this is the look. We're good. Um, so yeah, he is in her room now, and then her dad hears like the scream she made when she got spooked. So he's like, comes to check it out. And very important to note, he says that he's going away to an expo, so he won't be back till Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know any concept of time in this movie. Like, I didn't know what day was what. I just remembered he has a, he's not going to be here for the movie. And it's pretty important. Um, so, yeah, they. After she gets her dad to go to bed, um, Billy and Sydney, they're talking about the relationship. It was a weird conversation because he was like, yeah, I was watching The Exorcist and uh, it made me think about us, which That's a little I strange, feel insulted. <laughs> wow, you watched a, a girl get possessed and uh, is that the right movie? I don't watch yes. those movies. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> child actually I hate I hate those paranormal supernatural type horror films so I don't watch them I saw what the, I think it was The Conjuring mm-hmm. and I was like nope <laughs> yeah but I mean he basically just wanted to say like hey our relationship's dry like like can we can we do something like can we fuck essentially Billy is all about sex in this movie. Very horny. Um, Sydney doesn't want to. She's kind of... She's portrayed as, like, the innocent character. Um, but she's strong-willed. Like, strong-willed. I wrote down, like, she does not give in. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, nah. When I'm ready, we can do it. Yeah. We learn the reason why a bit later, so I'm going to hold on to that in the back pocket until we get there, but... She's not ready to move on, so... As she kicks him out of her her, uh, her room, she gives him a quick flash, and he is off on his way. So next we're at the school, the high school, where there are a billion reporters out there reporting the deaths of Casey and Steve. Uh, here we also meet Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. In the worst dress. Worst dress ever so mean in this movie but courtney cox hello i would (laughs) honestly like she she was so mean but i would just look at her and be like hey hey gail you look like a a a sharpie you look like a highlighter Uh, she looks worse in other movies i'm fine (laughs) with this one um (laughs) but we also meet uh, Tatum, who is Sydney's best friend, played by Rose McGowan. Um, she kind of tells Sydney like what the what the deal is. You know, they both two kids died. And it's also kind of hinted that uh, Casey sat next to Sydney in English, which is a minor detail. But once we get to the end, you can start drawing strings together drawing I don't know man together I don't know man <laughs> connecting the dots connecting you can share yeah you'll be able to start connecting the squares 
Please don't be mean right, to we'll, me. We'll, let's leave him alone. <laughs> Please don't be mean to me. Uh, so the cops are there interviewing all the students just to see if they know what happened. And we are introduced to David Arquette's character, Deputy Dewey. Played by, uh, I already said who he was played by. Oh, God. David Arquette. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, you, in case you didn't know, it's David Arquette. David Arquette. Um, you were unsure. He is Tatum's brother. That's what I wanted to say. David Arquette is Rose McGowan's brother. Yes. IRL. No, but David Arquette <laughs> and Courtney Cox, last time I checked, they are married. They are not married anymore. Never mind. They did get married. They are very much not married. They did get married. <laughs> they are very they much divorced. Here. Anywho. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> as of like 2013, they weren't married. I don't follow these people's lives, man. <laughs> All right, next scene. <laughs> we're, we're at the school fountain. And we meet the rest of this friend group. We have maybe one of the best characters in the movie, Thank Stu, you. played by uh, yes. Matthew Leonard. Yes, Lillard. I I literally wrote down Stu might be the best character in this film, and it's so true. Okay, oh, he is amazing. He is hamming it up. Matthew Lillard 100%. gives it a hundred and ten percent the entire film, and it's. So good. Mm. I think it, it it's it was good, and then once you get to the end, oh, dude, it was. I was actually crying laughing at a couple of his lines. Um, but he, so mad at me. shut up, stop spoiling it. Um, we're oh all. Stu is dating uh, Tatum, and we also have Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy. I think he's just like Randy Meeks. Randy Meeks. He's just one of their friends. He's works at a film store, so he's a super movie nerd. Um, I also think it was pretty funny too. They're talking about like how Casey got gutted and how like she used to date Stu. And then they're like, "How do you even gut someone?" And Stu's like, "Well, actually, what you do is you just stab from the groin and then just rip up." And mm-hmm. I noted this down too because Billy just looks at him like, "Dude, stop!" Like, "Hey, shut up!" And Spoilers. nobody is like, "Huh? That's exactly how she was killed. That's exactly how both of them were killed, actually." Well, I mean, the way that they talk about the the girl, the the teens' murders are just so like, I don't give a shit. I, th- I think I think that was also po- like one of the points is like everyone's very desensitized to death mm-hmm. because. Of all these horror movies they've seen where they're just racking up body counts. Because they're, they're just like, oh, yeah, dude, like her her guts were just hanging out. And Randy's like, uh, did you put her liver in the mailbox? Because I heard that they found her liver in the mailbox. <laughs> just very, very nonchalant way of talking about like a, a classmate brutally getting murdered. Liver alone. Liver, <laughs> liver. What? It's a joke. Oh. Li- liver. It's a joke. It's just every oh, scene so that good. he speaks in, it's just so good. The delivery is perfect every time. Mm-hmm. But then Tatum is like, no, Stu was with me. He couldn't have done it. 
which I call foul. But anywho, um, so next scene, it's after school. Sydney gets home. She's flipping through the news channels before, like she gets to uh, Top Story. I think that's what Gail Weathers's show is called, and we get a little exposition about Sid's family life as we learned that her mother was raped and murdered almost a year ago to that day. I like how they, they hinted at it too. They like kind of like dropped little, little tidbits and we're like, uh, mm-hmm. until you know, that, that thing. Yeah. And then, but it was done in a way that really worked. Yeah. I mean, like when, uh, so. Sydney got called in to get interviewed, um, principal Henry played by the fonts himself was like, hmm. yeah, no, Sydney, uh, though sensitive you know her mother was that uh, you know but hey i'm the fonzie yeah but um yeah so Sydney turns off the news i did want to point this out too so she goes to her closet grabs stuff walks back to the couch i think that's when she watches the news comes back and you could hear a creak coming from the closet she notices it but doesn't investigate it Hmm. so remember this i say that a lot but remember it remember so she ends up taking a nap uh tatum calls her though because she was gonna go pick up a movie and then come see her maybe like pick her up to bring her to her house um but once she hangs up she gets another call from the killer uh, he does like pretty much the same shtick that he did with Casey on her. Like, oh, you like horror movies? She's like, nope. And lays out pretty much the plot of every horror movie up until this point. Uh, she's like, oh, like, why do I want to watch like some killer like picking off teens with like some big breasted women like running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door? Very aware of her situation in a meta way. Uh, where are we? Oh, I also uh, yeah. I, I also noted that it was 25 minutes in is when we get the first interaction with the killer and the final girl. Because I feel like it's better than better than some movies that have come out in recent days. Because I th- I feel like with a lot of these original horror slashers. They normally wait until the very end to have them meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, we're going to get this out of the way pretty soon. Also, real quick, um, when Sydney goes and looks like out her like back balcony or whatever it is, or out her window or whatever, and it's just this beautiful landscape, like, where does she live? Like, how is that your view from your house? Yeah. Everyone just is like insane California Bayside, it feels like. Or not even Bayside, just mountainside. Just amazing views all the time, no matter where you are. Um so yeah. She she's on the phone with the ghost face killer and like she is she's calling his bluff, she's like kinda outsmarting him until he brings up like, oh, I'm going to kill you like I killed your mom, which gets her to freak out, run back inside, yep. lock the front door, and that's when the killer comes out of the closet. And 
attacks her. Which, if she had looked in the closet the first time, would have seen. Would have seen him. Um, so they start fighting. I also pointed out too, since she had locked the door, she couldn't just run out. Like mm-hmm. she had said that other horror movie girls do other times, she runs upstairs. Um, which she's uh, yeah, like when she says that is the worst thing to do, and then it's like such a such it. a embarrassing trope in a movie. But she realizes like, oh wait, maybe there's a reason they have to run upstairs. Um. So she runs upstairs. Killer follows her. She's able to get into her room and, like, lock the door off so uh, the killer can't come in. And her phone line, I don't think she hung up either, so she can't make another call. Again, guys, hang up the phone. (laughs) But she smartly uses her computer to contact 911. I honestly didn't even know that was a thing. I remember it being a thing. Not that it was ever something I did, but I remember knowing that's something you could do we're aging ourselves very <laughs> well apparently we are yeah. we are young we are we are we are t- in our 20s and don't know the old technology yeah what's a rotary <laughs> phone so bad. how do i use a map <laughs> um but the ghost face killer leaves and billy just appears at her window um she like hugs him and then he drops a cell phone which which is so normal nowadays uh-huh but she gets rightfully concerned about it and just runs away from him uh and this time she does make it out the front door but Dewey for whatever reason is just holding the ghost face mask at like eye level not even looking <laughs> so like yeah, I know, right? She screams, he screams. They arrest Billy. Because, duh, I mean, it's one of the most, I would say, the most obvious. Uh, like, hey, we kind of caught you red-handed here, bud. But he gets arrested. Yeah. Um, Tatum finally arrives. Great timing. And they she... Leave to go to the police station, but Gail is there. She's trying to talk to Sydney. Tatum shuts that down, and once again, Gail is so rude to her cameraman, Kenny. Doesn't she call him one? Well, that's not my name. No, I think it was like he said, like, "Oh, like thank Jesus," and he's like, "That's not my name." But this time, this time, she was like, "Oh, like Kenny, hurry up." And he takes his time and like she misses the shot. And then she she goes, Kenny, I know you're 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, I mean move your fat tub of lard ass now. And I was like, damn. Calm down, they really Gail. Made, uh, they, yeah, they made Gail uh, kind, of a, kind of a bitch. Yeah, it's like, hey, relax a bit. Um, but anyway, they make it to the police station. Um, 
Sydney finds out from Dewey that her dad never checked into the hotel. So, red flag. Um, Billy is also getting interrogated feet away from her mm-hmm. in, like, the sheriff's office. Um, and, you know, they're like, what were you doing there? You just happen to be there when, like, a killer is also there? Why'd you have a phone? And they tell him that they're going to have to hold on to him until they, like, get the phone records and see that if he did or did not make the calls to her phone. Uh, yeah. Then Tatum takes, or Dewey and Tatum take Sydney back to uh, Tatum's house through the back of the police station because, once again, media swarm out front. But Gail... She's there, too. She's like, hey, let's go around back and see if we can catch him, which is exactly what happens. And Gail brings up, or Sydney brings up, like, a book. We don't know what this book's about. But she's uh, Gail says, like, oh, I'll send you a copy, and then gets a mean right hook to the, to the chin. Almost drops her from Sydney. So now we're at Tatum's house. They're kind of just relaxing in bed until they get a call from the killer. Ooh. Twist here. Bum, bum, bum. So now she's starting to think, like, oh, maybe maybe Billy is innocent because, like, he's in jail. They also, uh, the killer brings up to how it's not the first time, like, an innocent man is getting, uh, charged again referencing something that we'll learn later on mm-hmm. uh so on the news the next morning we are introduced to cotton weary played mm-hmm. by leave schreiber um also want to point out when when he gets the when they get the call in the house Dewey sprints into that room, full guns drawn, like yeah, gun, gun out, out, ready to go. Yeah, it's like, bro, chill. It took him a while to get out there too. Yeah. Well, he had to get the gun. <laughs> Obviously, like, I need my gun. I need it. I need it. It's just like Jesus. I hey mean, it's just a phone call. It's like, yeah, it's just a phone. He runs in there. It's like, where's the killer? It was a phone call. Damn it. Um. So yeah. Introduced to Cotton Weary on the TV because he is being set to, uh, I think he was being, uh, what's what's it called? Uh, oh, he was about to get the death sentence. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I made a note of this too. Did you notice something a little, a little something about Leif Schreiber in this scene? No, I hardly paid attention to him, to be honest. Did you notice his hair looks like a certain someone? Does it look like his dad? No. His hair looks... It's not exactly like Billy's hair. Oh. But it's like that same long pushback style of hair. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Because we're at the school. Uh, again, media scrum out front. Sydney goes to Gail in her van and they have a conversation mm-hmm. about like 
basically what what the hell just happened so cotton weary was convicted of raping and murdering sydney's mother uh sydney had testified that she saw him leaving her house grabbing a jacket whatever that's why i pointed out that he, he kind of looked like billy loomis in that in that right. shot um and Gail, I guess, wrote a book saying, like, oh, Khan's been framed. Like, Khan's an innocent man. So now Gail, or uh, Sydney's starting to believe that maybe he didn't murder my mom. Uh, so, like, her and Tatum, they go back into class and they start, uh, actually, before that even, they kind of hint that maybe these two, the murder of her mom and all the murders now could be related if uh, the con is innocent, the killer is still out there. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. So in the hall, uh, one kid comes running by in the full ghost face costume. Obviously very traumatizing, but once again... I don't know if you noticed this. Matthew Lillard Stew is like at Tatum's locker and he pulls out a mirror to like, ch- and he's checking his face for like, mm-hmm. for any kind of bruises or marks or anything from like the oh, fight. Yeah. Got to pay attention to like the, the background. Damn. I missed a lot of details, huh? Cause I didn't even bring it up when, uh, Sydney is first attacked. She's running up the stairs if you listen very closely, you hear the killer say, easy, easy. Exactly how Stu says it later on. Huh. Th- this movie is, you have to... Would you look at You got to rewatch it a couple times, and you start to, like, find the clues that you didn't see before. Um, anyway, Sydney t- uh, just runs into Billy in the hallway and he starts to gaslight her about, uh, about literally just not having sex. Yeah. She's like, Oh, you would rather accuse me of murder than having sex with me. And then he's, we, uh, we find out that the reason she doesn't want to have sex is maybe because her mom was brutally murdered and raped one year ago. Yeah. Like bro, chill. (laughs) And he's like, it's not that big of a deal. Like my mom and dad are separated. <laughs> God, it's such a dick. Yeah, and she's like, "Excuse me, these aren't the same." Also, remember that his parents are separated. Uh, so she runs into the bathroom to cry. Um, a couple of cheer, uh, a cheerleader, another girl, are in there, and they just start talking shit about her, saying how. Uh, She's doing this for attention. Maybe she's the killer. Um, Just typical teenager Typical stuff. teenager stuff. You know, you know how it was. We were all teens once. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I missed a scene too. So the kids who are running through the hallways, uh, they get pulled into the principal's office, Principal the Fonz, and he is... V- principal the he he exposed them very violently and like he has a pair of scissors because he like cut up the mask and then he's like threatening these kids <laughs> at like scissor point 
Like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Hey. Yeah, he's like, hey, what if I gut you and hang you from a tree? I'm like, hey, maybe don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe don't say that to a couple of kids. Yeah. But anyway, back to the bathroom. Uh, after those... Uh, <laughs> That should be like a T-shirt. Back to the bathroom. anyway. Back to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, so Sydney is like, she's still there. Those two girls leave. Yeah, she gets attacked because she sees in like the first stall, someone just stands up and puts on the costume. Which I want to say this, I. I don't think it was either of the killers in this scene. Really? Yeah. yeah. If you see what the two killers were wearing that day, the ki- the guy in the bathroom was wearing dark jeans and boots. Neither of those other guys were uh, wearing that. Interesting. So I think it was just another kid playing a prank because didn't even have a knife on him. He just went for a tackle. Oh. Yeah, that's huh. true. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Huh, I noticed that, yeah. Huh. That's, why, that's why I'm here. I would say, I, re- I, re- like, I like how the movie shows that Sydney isn't even safe anywhere she is, even at the school. Yeah, I wrote that down too, because normally it's like, okay, she gets attacked at school in the daylight. Like, normally in horror movies, you're pretty safe at school. You're pretty safe during the day. Once it gets to night and you're at home, that's when, you know, shit could hit the fan, but... Yeah, they did a good job of establishing that safe places are not safe. Yep. Um, so, uh, Dewey's trying to get into the school, and Gail starts flirting with him so that she can try to get in there with him and you know, get some information about what's been happening. I uh, never wanted to be David Arquette more in my life. Um <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down David Arquette has game. He's got the Riz. It, it was funny too because she, <laughs> I forget what she said, or he was like, "Yeah, I have such a boyish face. I, you know, I have to have a big chest, uh, get some respect." <clears throat> and he doesn't really have that big of a chest. Maybe <laughs> I'm just projecting, but <laughs> I mean, David Arquette has enough game that he pulled Courtney Cox outside of the movie mm-hmm. because of this film it's like damn bro save some for us <laughs> save some for me I, you guys are both in relationships um yes sir <laughs> save some for Connor. yeah so principal henry announces that school is going to be closed um curfew there's going to be a curfew on the town so Stu decides to have a party at his house to celebrate that also because his parents are going to be gone for the week. And while everyone's leaving, uh, Embry is attacked in his office. After a couple fake-outs in which, like, they knock on his door, run away, whatever. But he he yells out, like, oh, I'm going to get you, you little shits. And the janitor is wearing a Freddy Krueger sweater and hat. And he's like, you talking to me? And he's like... Not you, Fred. Hmm. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. You know who that actor was? Who was it? That was uh, Wes Craven. 
Oh. Oh, damn. That was played by Wes Craven. Wink, wink. Uh, that makes it even wink, better. Wink, wink. I just thought it was like a very blatant reference. I didn't realize that it was actually Wes Craven in the costume. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I wrote down Fred is the goat because of that. So, <laughs> you We also get a, a pretty cool shot where like you can see the ghost face killer in Henry's eyes as he's dying. Yeah, I, I had a, a real issue with this kill. And why is that? Because, like, it, it, this is a movie where every kill is so intentional and it's done for a reason. And then all of a sudden, like, Himbry dies and it's like, why? There's no, there's literally no need for him to die. That's fair. However. Oh. What? Counterpoint. Once we get to the end, I'll try to draw out a, a plot for you. Okay. Um, let's see. So then Sydney and Tatum are back at, uh, Sydney's house. Pretty much all this scene is, is like more of Sydney realizing like, oh, maybe, maybe Cotton is innocent. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. maybe the killer is still out here. And, uh, we do see Ghostface in the trees. Looking kind of goofy. Whatever. Um, so we go to the video store next where Randy works and, oh man, Jamie Kennedy puts in work here. He is, uh, countered by Stu and Billy and they're just talking about, um, just everything that's been going on. Basically like summing up the plot of the film for the viewers and also like hey horror movie we know what's going on right guys yeah like wink wink as you saw in like the trailer (laughs) he's like yeah like if the cops just watched movies they would know like because randy is very very suspicious of billy he's the horror movie fan too yeah so he like rightfully so (laughs) um he also lays out on like the tone and theme like hey there are rules to this we are all suspects i can't mimic his voice and how emphatically he screams out to the entire store but we're all suspects everyone's a suspect um including him which billy accuses him of which i also thought was pretty funny because uh like they're in a very you know, Billy gets right up in his face, and Stu's kind of like not holding him, but he's kind of got him trapped. And Billy's like, "What if you're the suspect?" Aren't? And uh, Randy's like, "You know what? That makes sense. I would be the prime suspect." <laughs> this movie's like, "Yep, we know, we know." Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, like this whole movie is just one big wink to the camera. Yeah. Oh, it works so well though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also get a little foreshadowing when um, he says, like, oh, Stu's just a lap dog. And when they're trying to figure out, like, Billy's – or when Randy's trying to figure out, like, Billy's motive, he's like, oh, well, maybe sex, uh, Sydney just won't have sex with him. Pretty uh, pretty close. Yeah. Good awesome. on Randy. Oh, uh, let's see. Let's see. 
think we're basically getting to the the party now. Yeah. So, I, oh, there is one more scene I wanted to uh, point out as well. So, uh, Dewey had taken Tatum and Sydney into town to like get like snacks and everything for uh, Stu's party later on. And he checks while they're doing that. Dewey checks in with the sheriff. Uh, Dewey has an ice cream cone in his hand. And uh, the sheriff is like dragging a cigarette. And I noticed mm-hmm. that every time the sheriff takes a hit of his cigarette, Dewey licks his ice cream cone. Oh my it, god. That's it's funny. kind of like a like, oh yeah, this this is a real cop. Like he's taking he's like smoking a cigarette, and here's Dewey. Licking his strawberry ice cream. Licking an ice cream. And I, I think the sheriff kind of picked up on that, too, because, like, once he's done, like, he throws the butt on the ground, like, stomps it out. He's, like, looking at Dewey, like, you going to do that, too? <laughs> um, also, in this scene, it's, it's pointed out that they found that the uh, the calls had been traced back to Sydney's uh, dad's phone. Kind of a big point. A bit bigger than Dewey licking his ice cream cone, but, you know, who's to say? Important. Mm-hmm. So, they're getting food. They kind of talk about how, like, Cindy doesn't feel comfortable having sex because of what happened to her mother. And this the scene really is there just to kind of show, like, Ghostface is just out in public too. Like he is in the grocery store with them, full costume, but because of like the curfew, I think it's assumed that no one else is in there, so he can get away with that kind of stuff. Uh, so now we get to the party. Um, Gail Weathers is there. She's like following them. She wants to go see what's happening in there. Um, very creepy. Very creepy. Uh, Dewey's there because he's like dropping them off and he kind of just sticks around because when a bunch of teens are getting murdered, it might be a good idea to have a police presence at a (laughs) gathering spot of a lot of teens. Surprised there aren't more cops, but yeah, honestly, um, Gail uses like that little flirting that they had before to like get into the party with Dewey. She gets like a mini, uh, portable camera so that she can like place it in there and like see what's happening see if anyone says anything um so they get into the party while they're there randy's trying to figure out a movie to watch it's all it's all jamie lee curtis movies too i don't know if you noticed that halloween prom night terror train oh interesting yeah and he he called Randy calls her like the original scream queen, which correct, correct. Um, facts, facts. So then uh, Tatum goes out to get beers for everyone, and there are a couple of scares. Little cat just knocking shit over like cats do. Um. But I don't think she was wearing a bra either. No, it might have been it might have been a little chilly in that room. (laughs) Um, but it it definitely didn't help when she grabbed she was holding 
beers to her chest. That's true. Um, so then she gets attacked by the second ghost face, who at first she thinks is Randy. Everyone I thinks it's love, Randy at first. I I love how, like, how when when she goes when she sees him and goes up to him like to the door, and she's like talking to him and he's like nodding his mm-hmm. head and shaking his head. That's where I was laughing because I don't know why I just found that so funny. It's like this is not something you'd see in a regular horror movie. Like no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tatum's like joking around. She's like, oh, "Don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel." Because, again, everything in this movie is a reference to movies. But alas. Yeah, that's one of, um, yeah, that's one of the notes I had. Is I, I really enjoyed all the horror movie references, too. Oh, yeah. I, I did write down so many horror movie references. So, yeah, same. Some feel a bit out of place. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. feel like every time Billy talks, he's referencing a movie. But, um, yeah, he slashes her. They get into a fight. Uh, the door is locked, so she can't go out the garage or that main door. So she tries to go out the cat door in the garage. Unfortunately, she's a bit too uh, endowed to fit through. <laughs> That's a polite way to put it. Um, and Ghostface starts up the garage door. She's caught. She gets her neck crushed and dies. Lame. I thought it was cool. Even though I don't think I mean, Ryan... the, the cool is the the kill is cool, but the fact that she died in such a lame way it was a cool way. I don't think garage doors are strong enough to do that, though. No, no. Um, I feel like my garage door, if there's like a leaf in its way, it's like, oh, I can't, I can't close. <laughs> oh, oh man! Can you can oh, you please sorry. move that, please, please? Sorry. Um. So yeah, Tatum dies. People start kind of filing out of the party, too, because, you know, curfew and all. There is still a killer out there. Um, And right on cue, Billy shows up at the front door, which I feel like every time he is introduced, he is just running in from the right. He's like, yeah, sliding in like, hey, guys. Yeah. You see, though, he gives a little wink to Stu. Yeah. He gives like the little wink to Stu. This movie requires you to pay attention. Yeah. I'm gonna need to watch it again then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're I mean, blowing he your does. mind. He literally slides into frame and says hey and then just does this like little look and wink to, to Stu as as they're talking. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Hey, Sid, can we talk? They go upstairs. Randy's like, Oh man, I thought I had a shot. I'm gonna follow him. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything comes of it because like I'm pretty sure he's just watching Halloween in the like living room. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Billy and Sydney go upstairs. They start talking. Like, Sydney says how she wants to, like, move on from, like, the trauma she's, like, been dealing with. And they start to uh, have sex, which is also intercut with, like, uh, PJ Soul. Um, I forget her character name in Halloween. Maybe Linda. I think it's Linda, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's when she's also like having sex too, because um, there's a line. It's like, oh, here, here comes the gratuitous boob shot, as Sydney's like taking off her shirt upstairs. Um, which is also kind of like another trope, 
uh, that sex. Yeah, well, Randy goes over all the all the tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all the or the rules, I guess. We're, we're getting like there. We're getting very there. clearly. Yeah, Sorry. Okay. okay, we're Sorry. getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, because like someone's like, oh, like I want to see Jamie Lee Curtis's boobs, and Randy's like, no, she's like the virgin, like she gets to live, which is kind of like the the trope, like oh, once you have sex, you die. Because this inspires Randy to give the three rules of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, rule number one, you can never have sex. Rule number two, you can never drink or do drugs. And rule number three, never say, I'll be back. Or I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stu promptly is like, hey, I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be right back. Um, yeah, I love how, like, this movie intentionally breaks the rules and bends the rules to be like, yeah, these are the rules. Everyone knows them, and we're not going to follow yeah. them. Uh, so Dewey gets – she he, like, goes to the their news van, Gail's van, it's like, hey, I got a call. Like, they found a car in a ditch. Like, you want to come with me? So they go off. And Randy, or the house gets a call. Randy picks up. But they find out that Hembry has been killed. He's, like, hanging from the goalpost. Which gets all the extras out. So we are just left with everyone we're supposed to care about in this house. Plus Gail and Dewey out in the street. Um, while the kids are leaving, though, they almost hit uh, Gale and Dewey, so they have to, like, dive into uh, a ditch to save themselves, and that's when they start smooching. They make out. Yeah. It is It is funny, too, because the car is, like, right next to them that they were looking for, and Gale's like, hey, isn't that what you were looking for? And Dewey's like, all my life. She's like, <laughs> yeah, look. Like, hey, you idiot. Um, So they see uh, Sydney's dad's car is the car that was called in. So they're like, oh, shit. Like, he might be here. Because they they think he's the killer at this point. Like, calls were coming from his phone. They've established that his wife was raped and murdered a year ago. Maybe he could be, like, seeking revenge. Um, So... After we go back to Sydney and Billy, they just finished sex, which Sydney does not look satisfied at all. Um, just pointing that out. Ew. <laughs> but uh, she goes like, hey, Billy, like, who'd you call while you were like, who was your one call in prison? Because she was like, wait, did he actually call me from prison that night? Because that was that yeah, was a right. possibility the entire time. But. It, he says no, like I call my dad, and she catches him in a lie, obviously, because uh, the sheriff called his dad, and he's like, "Oh, uh, well, he didn't answer when I called." She's like, "Interesting," and, huh. and that's when Billy gets attacked by yep. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> he gets attacked by the ghost face killer, and again. I don't know if you caught this, 
knowing what you know now after the movie, when he gets attacked, the knife is completely clean. And I, oh. I wrote it down because I didn't know, like, if that was just like a, oh, maybe there's a little continuity. They just, they forgot to put the blood on the knife after. But you you see, no, I, you see him. I think, yeah. Because, no, you see him wipe the, the knife blade off, and then there's blood on it. I think it was a continuity. I think I saw that in one of the goofs. Huh. I thought I had something. Interesting. Because... <laughs> I, I thought I I'm had. Not, well, because it makes sense. Though. Because like, if it's a clean knife blade, we know, we know what we know. So it would make sense if he was smearing fake blood on it, the corn syrup. Um. Anyway, Sydney thinks that Billy just got stabbed to death, so she's like running away. Um, Stu also has a f- mansion. And I wanted I wanted yeah, to point that out too because huge. she like locks him in a room, and goes to escape, and he is, just walks out from like another door, which is just like that's such like a big house privilege. Like yeah, my room has multiple doors. Secret yeah, passage. Really. I can leave in many areas. Mm-hmm. Secret passage to the library to the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> but she makes she manages to escape through a window. She's like calling for help. He kind of throws her she not really throws she kind of just falls into a boat uh that's like sitting in the driveway um and this is where she sees like tatum's body is still hanging how does no one see it earlier so many people leave that party not a single person catches her body i think it's just like the layout of the house maybe the garage isn't in the front where like the main door is how i say it doesn't make sense but like no i which i know yeah like the house is maybe angled so the front door protrudes farther than the garage anyway uh so then we go back to kenny who is just sitting in the van Mm -hmm. um on the kids mm -hmm, just just creeping um Sydney, like, she runs up to the van. She's like, please help, please help, please help, whatever. And he lets her in, and they start watching the film, and we see the killer mm-hmm. walk up to Randy. And this might be the most meta moment in this very meta film because as Randy is watching Halloween, <laughs> first off, as Ghostface walks in, he is scored by Michael Myers' theme, I don't know if you caught that because, yeah. like, the movie. And yeah. Randy, who's played by Jamie Kennedy, starts saying, oh. turn around, Jamie. He's right behind you. Behind you Jamie, Jamie, turn around. Behind, behind you, yeah. Jamie. As the killer is walking <laughs> behind him. Um, But, like, he gets distracted. He hears Sydney screaming. And it's also revealed that the camera is delayed from the uh, in the living room to their uh, van. Obviously, it's the nineties, so they're like, "Oh shit!" Like I gotta go help him, and then they realize, "Oh wait, no that that was like half a minute ago." So as they open the door, the van door, they see like the front door is open, and poor Kenny. Poor, poor Kenny. 
Cork. Cork him. He did, did not deserve. This. He gets his throat slit by Ghostface. Oh man, did not deserve oh, this. Oh man. Yeah. Nah, poor Randy. All right, poor poor Kenny. Sorry. Uh, so Gail and Dewey have been running back from the car to like go in. He tells her to go to her van, call the cops or call for backup. Yeah. And he's going to go into the house. She sees Kenny, like she sees the blood because Kenny's not there. So she's like, oh shit. I'm going to, I'm going to take off. Um, and it's also funny because while she's like calling the cops, Randy just shows up at her window. It's like, hey, what's mm-hmm. going on? And she just beats him down with the phone. And she turns the car on. She sees like the windshield's covered in blood. Poor Kenny. Poor, poor Kenny. It's on the roof. Just falls yeah. down. And once again, she has to insult his dying body. Like, Kenny, get the get your ass out of my way, essentially. As she just flings him into a fence, essentially. Uh, Meanwhile, while this is all happening, Dewey has entered the house. He's, like, looking for whatever. He hears screams, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna go this way. And it turns out it was still the movie playing. (laughs) Uh... So Gail sees uh, Sydney in the street while she's like trying to drive away, and um, Gail swerves out of the way to not hit Sydney. I guess people just don't know how to not stand in the middle of the street when cars are just walk or driving by. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gail crashes the van. Sydney is like she runs back to the house. Dewey walks out. He's like, oh, hey, Sid. And then collapses because he got stabbed in the back. Um, so then the killer walks out, like, right behind Dewey, grabs his knife, chases Sidney into the police car. And um, I thought it was a pretty good scene of tension because, like, she's trying to block the doors. She wants to take off, but then... Ghostface reveals, oh, I have the keys. So first he, like, unlocks one side door, and she has to try to, like, hold them both locked. Meanwhile, he just sneaks around back, opens the trunk, and just sneaks into the car and starts strangling her. But she's able to kick him off. She runs back towards the house again. And this time, Randy is behind her, Stu's behind her, they're both like, no, like, it's him, it's him, like, kill him. She grabs Dewey's gun from, like, his body. And they're both trying to, like, plead their case, like, hey, like, I saw him with the mask, like, he's a killer, whatever. And she's like, you know what, fuck you both. Closes the door, locks them both out. Um, then Billy just stumbles out. Uh, of the room right at the top of the steps and crashing down falls the down the stairs <laughs> like I get I get the uh, I get like he kind of has to do that for the performance but like 
What if he actually like, like broke his back, broke his neck falling down the stairs? You know yeah, how? Right. Like what is? What's the plan, man? Yeah. Those are wooden stairs. Those. You couldn't have just like slumped down the stairs. Uh, but anyway, he's like, like I'm alive still. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Like, whatever. So he opens the door, and he lets Randy in. Because he says, Randy says, Stu just ran around. And this is where we finally get our reveal. Billy is a killer. Because he turns with a little look in his eye. Shoots Randy. We all get a little mad sometimes. Yeah, he quotes Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins, psycho. Mm -hmm. He reveals that the blood is corn syrup actually which they had used and carry for the pig's blood uh so then sydney tries to run away but oh she runs right into stew with a voice modulator because if you couldn't guess there are two killers in this movie bah, bah, bah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah so they get stew uh, sydney into the kitchen they kind of just lay out what they're doing essentially uh they're like oh yeah everyone assumes cotton is the killer for your mom we're gonna let him die for that and guess what we kidnapped your dad bah, bah, bah. he's gonna be the killer for all of this <laughs> I, also, I also found it pretty funny because like she's like why are you doing this like trying to understand why and he's like you know not everyone needs a motive. Anyway, here's my and motive. Then lays out his motive. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> so basically, what had happened is, um, Sydney's mom was having an affair with. Has got it going on. <laughs> Sydney's mom was. <laughs> <laughs> Just ignore it. <laughs> she was like having an affair with Billy's dad, which caused his parents to split up. Um, again, I just found that funny that he's like, yeah, it's scarier if I don't have a motive, but here's my, but motive. just so you're not too scared, <laughs> it's, it's because your mom slept with my dad and my mom didn't like that. Broke our family apart. <laughs> um, so yeah, they say like, oh yeah, we're going to like frame your dad for this. We're going to just be the victims. We're, we'll be left for dead, but we'll survive. And here is where I think Matthew Lillard's performance goes oh from like, like a nice A minus to like A plus plus plus. So they he is so good. Mm-hmm. They both take a billion students like take turns stabbing each other. You know, make it look like they were attacked. They get a little too into it though. Um, the uh, Billy's like, yeah, just right in the side. Don't go too deep. After, like, stabbing Stu pretty deep in the side. <laughs> and then Billy's, uh, Billy gets the knife back. He just starts stabbing Stu a bunch. And we get a couple great lines like, I'm feeling a little woozy, man. I'm feeling a little, wo- <laughs> I'm feeling a little woozy, yeah. <laughs> um, so they go, uh, they left the gun on the counter. And... It's not there anymore. <laughs> because guess who's still alive? Gail. It's Gail. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. 
and she's she she thinks she's having a nice moment she's like yeah here's the part of the story where the supposedly left for dead news anchor comes back with the gun it's gonna spoil your little plot she goes to shoot them uh, safety's on so (laughs) billy just kicks her out the kicks her out the house um say you and uh he's gonna go like shoot her finish her off but Stu realizes that uh sydney's gone (laughs) and um she i'm just thinking about my my favorite line in this film man i think it's the same one i got but yeah she she calls them (laughs) using the voice modulator and it plays like the exact same game he's like oh like where am i yeah where am i hiding and then she's like oh yeah i called the fucking cops you idiots (laughs) (laughs) moron (laughs) um so billy's like stew like go look for her and and stew's just like dying on the on the table he's like i can't you still i feel like i'm dying here man (laughs) um so then Billy just kind of goes off on a rampage, and he hands Stu the phone. He's like, just talk to her. And he's like, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sydney goes, so Billy has his motive. What's yours? And he goes, beer pressure. I'm too sensitive. <laughs> that, that was a line that got me cracking up. Just the way he says it, too. Oh, like, like, this was a guy who was like on the verge of tears before. And then he's like, oh, beer pressure, you know. I'm a little too weak to do things for myself. Um, and then Billy comes back, grabs the phone. She keeps taunting him. So he throws the phone <laughs> at Stu. <laughs> and Stu. My, my favorite. This is my favorite line. I, I'm taking this for one it. as my favorite. You, you can do it. <laughs> you fucking hit me with a phone, dick. <laughs> Just so good. So good. That's the way good he says it. Uh, oh my god but yeah turns out uh, uh, Sydney was hiding in the closet just like one of the killers had been doing before uh, and once again like Billy looks in the closet gets distracted I think by the TV um, yeah because this scene is like intercut with uh, the scene in Halloween where uh, Michael Myers is attacking Jamie Lee Curtis in the closet. Because again, everything is a reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she sta- Sydney stabs Billy with an umbrella a couple times. Um, and then Stu comes out and he charges her, attacks her. They start fighting. Um, she's able to like bite his hand, get her off of him, or get him off of her. She just drops the TV on his head, killing him. Bam. Poor Stu. He didn't deserve this. Yeah. Gone, but never forgotten. <laughs> um, so, Sydney goes back to uh, Billy's body, and we are shown that Randy is still alive. Bum, bum, it, it was funny, too, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm alive. I can't. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm so happy I'm a virgin. As he says it, he gets fucking decked by Billy. 
Um, and so Billy starts attacking Sydney again, strangling her, about to stab her. Um, Gail comes back, ba bam, shoots him. And uh, Randy, Gail, and Sydney all get up. They gather around his body. Randy says, this is the part of the movie where the supposedly dead killer comes back for one last scare. Which is exactly what Billy does. Just, ah! <laughs> ah boom! boom. Right, right between the eyes. So, Billy's dead, Stu's dead. Case is closed. Movie is pretty much over. Uh, Dewey is alive. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, that that's kind of like a staple of... Uh, these movies Dewey gets stabbed but <laughs> never dies uh, until recently well, until recently well <laughs> well it, it is funny though in Spoilers. I think it's Scream 3 not there's like that cast they're like they're, they point at Dewey and they're like no every time this dude's around he gets turned into a shish kebab <laughs> Um, yeah, That's movie funny. ends with um, Gail. She's doing her final remarks with a new cameraman, I guess. They, they're like, Kenny who? New guy. <laughs> Get Kenny. new Kenny. Yeah, the, the, the AAA reliever who was just waiting in the wings was like, oh, Kenny's dead? My turn? My turn to shine. So. Just, justice for Kenny. Justice for Kenny. <laughs> so that's how this movie ends. Bang, bong, we're done. Um. So, I want to point out real quick, I love and appreciate so much that this movie, like, ends, it wraps up so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, Billy dies, and then literally three minutes later, movie's yeah. over. It yeah. doesn't do this, like, this long, drawn-out conclusion, like, we gotta see, let's, let's go see what's happening with the characters now. It's like, it's like boom, movie's Yeah, let's over. see how these guys have, like, reintegrated into, like, society after this traumatic experience now. Nope. It, I don't even know if we nope. see Sydney again in this movie. It's just yeah, we might not. It's literally, it's literally like, just like, like within three minutes. Just like yeah, Dewey's getting wheeled into the cart. I think Sydney's also getting wheeled in, but it just ends with Gale. Also, Sydney does. I I no, correct me if I'm wrong. Sydney doesn't get hurt through this whole movie, like by the killer. Yeah, she falls off the roof. She, I mean, like, not like actually. Like hurt. she doesn't get hurt like, at all in the. Like she doesn't get she stabbed, she doesn't get slashed. She get, I thought she got slashed in the kitchen. She gets slashed in the kitchen. Mm. She kind of got stabbed in the so. in the news van. She got like her head hit, I slammed against the floor in the first time she got attacked. Yeah, but, uh, nothing like nothing crazy. Like she really didn't take much. No, damage. it's not. Yeah. So built different, which is impressive. Mm -hmm. So now that we've established that Billy and Stew or Billy and Stew are the killers, I just want to quickly point something out uh throughout the movie as people are dying we know that it's a ghost face killer but i don't know if you guys noticed but you can tell the difference between the two based off like subtle little mannerisms like give it to us Connor. so i want to give a shout out to the youtube cherry uh, channel zach cherry because zach cherry, cherry. <laughs> the the YouTube channel. Um, because he has, he has a video about, like, <laughs> finding out who kills who in this movie. 
And he points out when Billy kills someone, he is very he uses like his right hand and he'll like try to strangle him too. Um, so we see that when like Casey died, we see that when like uh Henry died, he didn't try to strangle him, but he did do like one hand stabs. And we see mm-hmm. it with Tatum when she died. And Stu, he was more into slashing, and anytime he would go for a stab, he was a two-hander on the knife. Interesting. So, like, when Randy was, like, sitting on the couch, uh, and, like, Ghostface is raising the knife to, like, kill him, it's with two hands. We know that one's uh, Stu. Hmm. And Stu is also like the muscle of this group, uh, because Billy. Let, let's be honest, Matthew Lillard, Lillard, great guy, probably not as smooth on the on the phone. See, I for whatever reason I always thought that like because Stu had the voice changer at the end there, like I was like, oh, Billy's the guy in the in the mask, and Stu's the one talking to people. That's that's just how it is. Yeah, you would think. I didn't even I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that both of them would be like interchangeably being in the in the suit and with them with the, the suit. Phone. Yeah. So yeah. for the most part Billy was the caller, Stu was the the gutter, if you will. Interesting. So he killed Stu and Kenny. Interesting. Mhm. Well, now that we've gone through this movie scene by scene, I think it's finally time to give us uh, give it our ratings for the film. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say something about the killers too. Go, Go ahead. It. So, this is my first time watching this movie, so obviously I didn't know who the killers were. Really, I honestly thought Dewey was the killer because interesting. Every scene that he's like, um, fucking Ghostface is in, like, it doesn't really show. Um, Dewey for a little bit and I don't know it was just there's certain parts I'm like wait wait I can see that I mean the movie did a good job to like really get into the whodunit like mystery so you didn't know who I mean they 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 said it themselves everyone's a suspect in it yeah so the fact that you you know first time viewing you didn't even you didn't know is a testament to what they accomplished yeah exactly anyways that was just a Side note, ahead. All right. Well, let's get to the rating, Sam. You want to give us your uh, your rating? Yeah. So I gave this movie a four out of five stars on Letterbox. All right. I did as well. Four out of five. And I gave it a four point five out of five. So that gives us an average score. I could hear the calculator clicking. Carry the two divided by five. Um, What was it? (laughs) Twelve and a half divided by three. Divided by three. Sorry, I did the wrong math. Uh, Four point four point one seven is our average score for this film. Four and an eighth of a star. uh, I don't. I don't know the exact math. Um but I will figure out where that puts us on the list of movies that we've watched. All in all, I think we all agree it was a 
Very good movie. A heck of a good film. A darn two in good time. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just going to watch Stream 2 and 3. And, the yeah. new and 4 and, and 5. Yeah. And, and yeah, 4. And um, all right. Well, that's going to just about do it. Before we wrap it, <laughs> it's going to just about do it. Um, uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't even intentional. Um, but if you like this episode, please give us a follow, leave us a rating. Um, it really helps us out. We appreciate it immensely. You know, we put a lot of work into this show. Um, so, you know, stuff like that helps. Uh, also want to thank Josh Woodward for our fantastic theme music, uh, airplane mode. Um, you can follow us on socials, uh, Twitter, Facebook, mainly, um, you can check us out. Uh, also you can check out our new website. We have a brand new website. It's really, really cool. Uh, we're still working on it a little bit. Uh, but we just put up our first review uh, of Halloween Ends. So uh, if you want to go check that out, um, it's there. Uh, we have a merch store on Redbubble, which will be linked. And you can also check out our letterbox profile so you can kind of keep up to date with what we've been watching uh, apart from uh, apart from this podcast. But yeah, well, um, without further ado, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Message or call me Cause I'm living life in airplane mode And everything is okay I just wanna play Unplug for the day And live in the moment Cause I'm living life in airplane mode Yeah Today's a great day to start your own podcast Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way and the best way to launch, promote, and track your podcasts. Your shows can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, as well as getting you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and it helps support our show. We use Buzzsprout, and honestly, it's really great. Um, I, uh, I use it to track all of our, um, where we're, where we're being listed or we get our own website. It's really just a fantastic service and I would recommend it to anyone that's interested in starting a podcast. Sportsprout helps you get your show listed on every major podcast platform. That takes one of the hardest steps in creating a podcast out of the equation for you. Thanks to Buzzsprout's help. And if you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. Plus it helps you navigate how to do things, how to market your show, how to make money off your show, how to do all sorts of stuff. It's all right there for you to use. Honestly, it's not hard when you have the right partners and Buzzsprout is absolutely one of the best partners you can have out there. They care about you. They're passionate about helping you succeed with your show. So if you're interested in signing up uh, for Buzzsprout, use the link in uh, in the description of, of the show here. It'll, like we said, it'll get you $20 Amazon gift card. And it helps, it supports us, and we appreciate it greatly. And now, back to the show. Ooh.